Wow, we are really like, oh, we have so much time. We can yeah, start. We, later. We're a little, we're a little behind the the eight ball. Yeah, we're 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 pretty behind. <laughs> okay, but I mean, we're good. The that's up and right. So you ready to go into this? I'm ready. I think. I hope. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Search Your Feelings podcast. My name is Michael McCrary. And I'm Michaela Leonaris. And today we're talking about Kenobi Part 1. Hell yeah. Hell yeah? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, what were your thoughts before we watched it? Um, were there any hopes and dreams? Oh, absolutely. This is... I mean, I, I didn't particularly like wish for a Kenobi series, but when I found out that they were doing one and then you told me like where in his story that they would tell it, I was like, oh my God, that's like, oh yeah, that's going to be so good. Oh yeah. Um, so I was really excited for it and I feel like, cause we only watched the first episode so far. Um, I'm excited for it. Yeah. yeah. First episode was really good. So it was really good. There wasn't a whole lot to it. It was mostly just setting up everything. Right. But I'm super excited. Yeah. Especially with the, the Inquisitors. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there went in a direction that I didn't expect them to go. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, that, that kind of... It makes sense. It makes sense, yeah. Um, so, yeah, do you want to just start from the, from the beginning? Yes. You want to start from the recap? Oh my god. Okay. That recap like made me really sad, actually. (laughs) Yeah, because it was really. I mean, it's just a recap of the prequels, basically. Yeah. But it was focusing on Obi Wan and Anakin, right? Specifically. Which, yeah, the way they told it it was was pretty sad. Yeah, because there's a lot of details that are kind of maybe like that distract you from the fact that like Anakin was really just put onto Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan like just, you know, basically became a Jedi Knight and then was like, Oh, by the way, now you have a Padawan. Like you really didn't have time to like be a Jedi Knight by yourself. Like you have to take care of this person now and like train him. So like you just finished your training and now mm. you have to train someone else. Yeah. Like Obi-Wan, because I know this is, this is probably an other, forms of media maybe legends maybe canon i'm not entirely sure but yeah the idea that that obi-wan had anakin thrust upon him not that anakin well because we we, well so in the phantom menace novelization obi-wan is much more disliking of anakin Mm. than is shown in the movie Mm. so in the novelization he's like exasperated that Qui-Gon has taken on another kind of side project. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, like, come on, Qui-Gon, like this kid, like really? Like we're gonna bring this kid along? <laughs> like <laughs> there's like so much that we gotta do. Um well and that's really not shown in the Phantom Menace at all. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that like oh like he like got he like warmed up to Anakin. Yeah. Um and the Anakin, yeah, was kind of thrust upon him, and Obi Wan wasn't really prepared for that, but he did it because that was Qui Gon's dying wish. Right. 
So, um, and I think that that is a little bit more highlighted in the recap. Oh yeah. Then, then you really see in the Phantom Menace again, a lot of it is lost in the other details. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have to deal with Darth Maul and stuff like that. So, and those lines, like everything, like all those clips came directly from the prequels. Oh yeah. So, you know, it's in there. You just don't really see it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching the the recap, I was like, oh, you know. Obi-Wan really, like, kind of tried to talk Qui-Gon out of it. Just a little bit, you know. Again, probably not as much as in, like, the novelization mm-hmm. um, version of it. But, yeah. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, the idea that, that, that Obi-Wan kind of took on more than he could handle, I think. Because, I mean... And this is really showcased in this this first part, definitely, mm-hmm. that Obi-Wan feels responsible for the Empire. Mm. And it's not really explicitly stated, but he's he's definitely like Because like and this is jumping ahead, but like when Owen Lars basically When Obi-Wan says that Luke needs to be trained, Owen Lars is like, Oh, like you trained his father. And it's really, like, mean and, you know... Yeah, twisting the knife. Yeah, but Obi-Wan, like, you can tell he feels that. Yeah. And it's not just like, oh, like, it's just coming from Lars. Like, that's coming from Obi-Wan himself, because he feels like he failed. Like, not only the Jedi, but, like, the entire galaxy. Yeah. And he's had ten long years to think about this. of like, Right. um, And like I said, this is in some other form of media, maybe comics or something. I don't know where, but the idea of just meditating for 10 years and like what he could have done differently with Anakin Mm -hmm. and how he could have saved him or what he should have done differently or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it's clear that that, it's clear that that really haunts him Mm -hmm. and he feels directly responsible for all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that is, that is a theory or an idea where if Qui-Gon had trained Anakin, that he would not have gone to the dark side because Qui-Gon was a much better teacher. Oh, that's sad. Oh, yeah. That's extremely sad. Yeah. And I guess you can go into, like, detail as to, like, why that would be true, but I I would... I mean, just off of, like, first impressions of that idea, I would really hope that that's not the case. Well, because imagine if Obi-Wan had died in that duel with Darth Maul instead of Qui-Gon. That's true. Yeah. I mean... Because you, it, go ahead. Because you also have to realize that Qui-Gon did not agree with the Council on a lot of things. And he might be more... He might have been more able to, like... Like, better able to see through like Palpatine's lies and realize, Oh, like this, like these, Mm. and this is a whole theory, but like the Clone Wars aren't like what we should be doing. And we should like be moving away from that. Maybe even like, I mean, maybe he would even like defect from the Jedi order, you know, and take Anakin with him. 
And then, like I said, this is like you can go really deep into right, this, but right. but I'm sure, like, I'm sure that like Obi Wan thinks about that yeah. on Tatooine, just like what if I had died instead and right. Qui Gon had trained him, or right. Qui Gon just had not died. Yeah. Wow, the thought of that is like very, very, very sad. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, that's super sad. Mm. <laughs> but also like and 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 this kind of ties back into this first episode that Obi-Wan really is this kind of like tragic character mm-hmm. who like even in the prequels is just like doing what he thinks is right despite all the mm-hmm. shit that's like thrown at him. Yeah. You know, he didn't ask to train Anakin um like he had just kind of been established as like a Jedi Knight and then his master dies yeah like right in front of him and then um you know he he trains Anakin even though he doesn't really like want to or 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 is still fairly like inexperienced and then Anakin grows up to like completely like help overthrow the Jedi and then you know now he's like watching over Luke like I I feel like (laughs) Obi-Wan is just throwing like a bunch of shit and he's just like I'm just trying to do my best um and so that that makes sense as to maybe like why he is the way that he is in this first episode um Yeah. Yeah, because this is really the first time we see Obi Wan kind of, and this isn't really. This might be going a little too far, although I don't think so. Like he's kind of broken. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's like, especially in that little scene where he's like clocking out of his job, and the other dude's like, "This is only half," and like he has like this moment of like kind of I should fucking deck this guy. <laughs> yeah, I should stand up to this dude and he's just like, "Nah." Yeah. Cuz you know, are the that the other Jedi that was asking for his help? Right, right. He's like just bury your lightsaber in the desert and like hide. Right. You know. Right. And the fact that that scene the the meatpacking scene comes right after the inquisitors are like the Jedi hunt themselves mm-hmm. and like they, you know, have no choice but to you know have compassion and like be good Mm -hmm. just like the duality of those two things that happen right after each other i think is like also super important because it just shows you like how like broken and lost like obi-wan is yeah like obi-wan's kind of lost his way as a jedi Mm -hmm. and You know, he might not even believe in, like, being a Jedi anymore. He's just, like... Because, I mean, he even said that, like, you know, we lost Jedi or anything anymore. Just move on. Right. Although, that that makes me wonder because, you know, he does still find some purpose in, like, taking care of Luke. Although, I don't know if, you know, that's kind of an excuse Mm -hmm. for him to, like, stay alive and, like, take care of himself. Um, But... It's not like he has like absolutely nothing left to live for. 
Yeah. Um, although he does, towards the end of the episode, he uses Luke as an excuse to kind of not do anything. He's like, oh, I need, like, this is skipping ahead, but Leia. Yeah. When Organa asks for his help, he's just like, I can't because I have to watch over the, like over Luke. And he's like, find somebody else. Yeah. And while that is his responsibility to take care of Luke, he uses a, he does use it as an excuse to do nothing. Mm-hmm. To kind of just be like, I'm not that dude anymore. Yeah. Um, True. And also, I mean, and you haven't seen all the Clone Wars, so I'm not going to spoil this for you. But he, like Obi-Wan, goes through some shit in the Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. He goes through some tragedy. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the prequels, he's like so like happy and he's so like, like he like takes it in stride. But I, I think Anakin was really like the final thing was like kind of broke him. Which is really sad. Yeah. Because, I mean, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, he was like, you were like my brother. Yeah. I and, loved you, Anakin. Yeah. Um, another little thing is that he thinks Anakin's dead. I'm not sure if, I think Owen said it. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, oh, now Anakin's dead. Like, And Obi-Wan just kind of like was sad about it. But I don't know if that's like... Not in the literal sense. Because Obi-Wan has to know about Darth Vader, right? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he just thinks... I mean, especially since, you know, Darth Vader's all suited up and a mask and everything. That... I mean, because, like, also the the story that... That the Empire told is that, like, you know... I wish I knew. I wish I knew where some of the stuff came from. I'd have to really like dig deep into it. I'll probably dig deep into it and like clean the show notes. But um, but I read somewhere that like oh like Anakin Skywalker like died at the Jedi Temple like defending like that's the the official like um, uh, the, the official Empire story is just that like he was just one of those Jedi who also mm. rebelled and died at the temple or whatever. Mm. Um. Because, I mean, because Obi-Wan seems to have been on Tatooine this entire time. Right. I mean, there's nothing indicating that he's been off-world, although, I mean, you could write that in. But, but it they really made it seem like he hasn't left Tatooine. No. Yeah, like, because the end of Revenge of the Sith, he ends up, he's, like, on Tatooine, he gives Luke to um, the Larses. <laughs> and, uh, and then this opens with him, after the recap. Yeah. With him on Tatooine. So I assume he's never, he hasn't left. Yeah, and he says something to like Bale about like kind of insinuating that he like ever since he brought Luke to the Larses, he has just stayed. Yeah, he just like hasn't left. Um, so my assumption is that he hasn't left, and he doesn't have any desire to leave out of like fear, mm-hmm. probably. So. Yeah, so I don't know when he would have found out that Anakin is a Vader, mm. especially since the Empire and Palpatine and I mean Vader himself, like they all act like Anakin's dead. Like no one knows Vader's Anakin. Um, so I'm expecting before this first season ends 
I mean, because I mean, Hayden Christensen is in is it. Is in it, right? Which I mean, you could be like, oh, like those. I mean, I assume there might be some flashbacks. Probably. Which would be pretty cool. Yeah. But also, because Kathleen Kennedy teased it, I think in a in some article where she was being interviewed about a rematch between Obi Wan and Vader, or not really a rematch, a first match because. Well, no, I guess you could you could count. Anakin is being Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith. He's just not in the suit. But anyways, she she kind of teased it a okay. little bit. I mean, um, yeah. There. What what is the point of bringing Hayden Christensen if at this point Anakin is Vader? Yeah. You know, they could put anyone in the suit. Plus, there's a there's an image online of him training. The caption is like him training as Vader, and he's wearing a cape, like as like Vader would. Hmm. So. Interesting. Because I'm, yeah, I'm expecting, like, like the Inquisitors, because also, the Inquisitors ca- kidnapping Leia, and before the third sister showed up on the hologram, I was like, oh, like, is this a ploy to get Obi-Wan out of hiding? And then it was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, the third sister has gone out of her way um, against the will of the Inquisitors. Grand Inquisitor. Of the Grand Inquisitor. To kidnap Leia... As a ploy to draw Obi Wan out of hiding, so mm-hmm. she can capture or kill him. Mm-hmm. And so, what I assume is going to happen is that they're going to, you know, figure out that Obi Wan's alive and he's trying to save Leia. And Vader, basically, Vader is going to step in, like hear about it, step in, and they're going to fight. And Anakin, mm-hmm. and Obi Wan's going to learn during that fight that it's Anakin. Okay. Which would be even more heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way. Yeah. Do you recognize the the guy who captures Leia? I thought he looked familiar, but I'm not sure where he's from. He's the bass player from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Are you serious? Yeah. Flea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. They got Bill Burr, now they got Flea. I know. <laughs> and Thundercat. Oh, and Thundercat. Because I thought I was like, oh, like, is he like another character, like a minor character from early Star Wars or something? He looks vaguely familiar. <laughs> Dang, okay. Yeah. I remember watching and I was like, is that a flea? Um, but yeah, you want to start with the Inquisitors? Start okay. with, I mean, not like we've been talking for like 20 minutes, but. Yeah, yeah, So, <laughs> so the Inquisitors, they are, they are force sensitive. Okay. And they're kind of like the Emperor's slash Vader's like personal Jedi hunting mm-hmm. kind of organization. Mm-hmm. Um, the Inquisitorius, also known as the Inquisitorius Program. The Order of Inquisitors and the Imperial Inquisition was an organization of mysterious force-sensitive dark side agents who served the Sith-ruled Galactic Empire. They were tasked with hunting down the remaining Jedi who had survived Order 66 at the end of the Clone Wars as part of the Great Jedi Purge as well as other political dissidents and retrieving any children identified as force-sensitive. They were governed by uh, Darth Vader. 
and led by an individual known only by his title, the Grand Inquisitor. Speaking of the Jedi mm. Purge, where was that opening scene? Because it oh, opens was- up with, like... Order 66, basically, taking yeah, place. That was the Jedi Temple. Okay. Um, On Coruscant? Yeah. I mean, you can tell because the, like, the... That's what I thought from the beginning. The but then there was, like, green. Yeah. Because um, it starts off, like, showing the city, and I was like, okay, in my mind, that's Coruscant. And then mm-hmm. it showed green, and I was like, I don't remember any sort of greenery at the <laughs> Jedi Temple in Coruscant. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it. I mean, like I said, you said the city... Plus the kind of architecture and they're all wearing Jedi robes and it is the 501st, mm, which is at the Blue yeah, Stripes, which yeah. is, um, was Anakin's personal, right. um, I guess, yeah, legion of, okay. um, of clones. So, but also the Inquisitors, they are, so it looks like they kidnap force sensitive children to train them but also they are and this they go into detail in this with this let me collect my thoughts they go in they go into detail on this in Jedi Fallen Order the video game mm-hmm. where they explain that the inquisitors are made up of ex jedi so they, they take the Jedi and they basically torture them until they turn, which is really dark. That's pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, because the third sister was an ex-Jedi. Her name is uh, Reva. Yeah. Like her fellow Inquisitors, the third sister was a former Jedi who turned to the dark side of the Force and was tasked with hunting the surviving members of the Jedi Order during the Great Jedi Purge. And I think we're going to find she has something personal out for Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah. Because she is... It is established that she's kind of reckless. Yeah. Even in the eyes of like the Inquisitors. Yeah. Um... Like, that even her methods are a little extreme. Yeah. Because she keeps threatening to kill people. Yeah. And the Grand Inquisitor and... Um, the fifth brother. The fifth brother are like, you need to like... Calm down. Turn it down a little bit. Like, we're not going to just go around slaughtering everybody. Which, like, for, like, the Inquisitors, like, the yeah. dark side, like, damn. Yeah, yeah. But... I, I wonder, like, what they're going to kind of, like, reveal. Like, why she's... So set on finding Obi-Wan. I don't know if it's maybe like a personal thing or mm. if it's like a pride thing of like, I want to be the Inquisitor that finds and kills Obi-Wan. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. Because she, there's the other, the other Jedi, which I don't know his name, but he... I think it's like Navi or something. Oh, Nari. I think it is. Yeah. Is it? Because there's another. I think yeah. There's... Yeah. Okay. Uh, according to Wikipedia, it's Nari. 
so yeah because she is she doesn't want to be hunting in her eyes like small like this like this minor jedi that she really doesn't care about she's like Mm -hmm. like this like like who cares like let's try to get obi-wan yeah you know First catch of the day. First catch of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, because yeah, you also got to remember, like Anakin knows Obi Wan's alive. Yes. Um, so he knows he's out there. So, which is why the Inquisitors know he's out there. Mm-hmm. Although they don't know where he is. Although for some reason they know he's on Tatooine, which I don't know how they know that, but they do. I also don't know how they know about Leia. I think there's a... The third sister mentioned something about it. Um, about Obi-Wan knowing the child or something. I don't know. But then Vader doesn't know that Leia's his daughter. Right. Or the significance of right. her. So I, I imagine it's just... Because of Obi-Wan's relationship with the Organas? Maybe. Yeah. Because that wasn't necessarily like low-key. They, I mean, they seem to be like very good friends, even in the prequels. But at the same time, it's kind of like, I feel like that's not enough to be like, let's kidnap his kid. So. Yeah. That's true. I, I kind of, I wonder like if they know anything or like why they decided kidnapping Leia would bring Obi-Wan out of hiding. Because yeah. then they have then they have to know that the Organas know where Obi-Wan is. Mm-hmm. But they aren't asking the Organas. At least not yet. Yeah. But yeah, I will since our prep was pretty minimal, I will definitely look that up and yeah, include it in the show notes. I fun. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I didn't think about watching. that either. Um, because I mean, if if the third sister thinks that the Organas know something about Obi Wan, then why don't why don't she like kidnap them as well? Or maybe they're harder to reach. Yeah. Um. Or that she thinks that this is like the best way to go about it. Um, although she's like, she's not focused on the Organas, she's focused on Obi Wan coming out of hiding. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, even if she thinks the Organas know something, this might be the like the most effective way to get Obi Wan out of hiding. So, but yeah, but in the in the prequels, I feel like Bail Organa and Obi Wan aren't that close. I feel like they know each other, and. Like they're only close because of the very end of the of Revenge of the Sith. Mm. But I just I I feel like Bail Organa is like in general just a very good friend of the Jedi Council. Yeah. So maybe that's why. Yeah. So whether it was like Mace Windu or like Yoda or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, they're all like very good friends to Bail. Okay. So. Which because that's that's something that they're definitely reinforcing. When this first part that that 
Obi-Wan is who Organa turns to in time of need. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, he shows up in his cave. It's like, when you yeah. Um And yeah, I, Balin's just like, I'm not taking no for an answer. Yeah. Um, Which sets Obi-Wan up pretty poorly because that's the whole like plan. <laughs> so... <laughs> What do you mean? Because it's like, oh, you know, kidnapping Leia, at least in the eyes of the Inquisitors, is like, or of the third sister is like, oh, this is definitely going to bring Obi-Wan out of hiding. Mm -hmm. And Bale is just like, yes, I'm going to play into your plan 100%. Mm -hmm. Although to be fair, neither Obi-Wan nor Bale know who took her. Yeah. He mentions something about like tracking the freight ship or that like, Something, but he doesn't know who took her. Yeah. And yeah, and and Obi-Wan is definitely really hesitant to go Mm -hmm. leave because he doesn't feel like a Jedi and he's broken and he just kind of, he's like, that's not me. So, Mm -hmm. but I mean, at the end, he does decide to go try to rescue Leia. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's also not really given a choice. Yeah. Bela's like, I'm not, I'm not saying taking no for an answer. Well, it's like the, it's the, and this is the, not to get like super like mythological, but it's like the call to adventure. Like the hero is like presented with a call to adventure. Yeah. And they can either ignore it or like accept, mm-hmm. except in every like piece of fiction, ignoring it has like disastrous consequences. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of his responsibility. He realized like, Hey, like whether I, want to or feel like this like this is what i should do mm-hmm. and this is too pressing to ignore mm-hmm. um so yeah also he he uh so it was cool but like <laughs> him getting on the the ship at the very end i was like and it showed his lightsaber and it was like mm-hmm. this like moment of like he's like he's a he's gonna be a jedi again mm-hmm. i was also like don't just flash that thing right, around. Right, like, right, same, same. Like, I, was like, I was like, man, he's just like asking to be caught. Like they literally just offered a reward to anybody who like knew about you. And you're just yeah. like flash it around. Yeah. Like, man. Yeah. Also, just because you you brought up like the end of the, the episode, mm-hmm. when he digs up his lightsaber mm-hmm. and it's like the box with like him and Anakin. Yeah. I'm just like, Oh my God. Oh yeah. At first I was like, why are there two? And then I was like, oh, the second one is Anakin. Yeah. Then he gives it to, he gives it to Luke. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, also, and I think this is, I don't think this is controversial at all. At least it shouldn't be. Ewan McGregor is a way, way better Obi-Wan than Alec Guinness ever was. <laughs> and that's not, that's not to, like, to disparage Alec Guinness in any way. Although he was apparently very embarrassed of Star Wars. Really? Yeah, he didn't like the fact that he was in Star Wars. Oh. Because I guess it was one of those things of like, oh, this isn't real film. Like this isn't like like real cinema. Kind of like the idea of like, it's just this stupid sci-fi thing or whatever. Um, well, he's only in like 
majorly in like one movie. So yeah, and he's whatever. not. I mean, he's in all three movies in the original trilogy, but he's not. He doesn't have a whole lot of screen time. Yeah, yeah. He just comes back as like a forest ghost. Yeah, in like all the other movies. So, or just his voice. Yeah. So for that, so yeah, and I. And because Ewan McGregor has had a lot more time with the character, mm-hmm. and yeah, I would you know, and it's like there's really no way to do this unless you like cut Alec Guinness out of the original trilogy or just reshoot the whole thing, yeah, completely. But like, I'll like Ewan McGregor is just a way better Kenobi. Yeah, you uh, also just like love the prequels, so oh yeah, I yeah. think you're a little biased. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean like. I mean, he's a great actor. He is. He is. And I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I think that Ewan McGregor is a great Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, and I mean, like, and Alec Guinness, like, he he played Obi Wan Kenobi, but like, you know, and I'm not saying like his performance was bad or that him his portrayal of the character was bad, but it's just that like those were the first three movies, and his character didn't have nearly nearly the amount of depth mm-hmm. that. Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan has. Right. Not McGregor's. Yes. 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 Um, so you like Connor McGregor. I was like, that's all right. I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Not um, the fucking, he's a boxer, right? Uh, MMA. Yeah. So. Whatever. <laughs> Same thing. Speed <laughs> up for money. <laughs> <laughs> also, Ewan McGregor is one of the executive producers for oh, yeah. this, which yeah. is so cool because, cool. you know, it's cool to know that like he has a say in like production and stuff. So yeah, hopefully that means like it's good. It's good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it all like, you know, makes sense as far as Obi-Wan's character goes. Yeah. Um, Because like he has a lot of experience with playing the character and he knows a lot of things. Right. Um, But yeah, because also like Al Guinness's Obi-Wan is just sort of this kind of just, this nice old man who was part of this order a long time ago. Like I said, it was like his character didn't have a whole lot of depth. Yeah. And it was like this kind of not vague backstory exactly, but it was just, he fought in the clone wars right. kind of could be whatever. Yeah. Cause um, at the time that the original trilogy came out, you just didn't have a lot of backstory on Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, you didn't really have a lot of backstory on Anakin either. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you like don't have as much of attachment to these characters as you do with like Han and Leia and Luke. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. But because I mean, those are the main characters, whereas the prequels like Obi-Wan is a main character in the prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say he's not in the original trilogy, but he's definitely has a much smaller role. Yeah. In those. So, yeah, Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan is just fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad he came back to the role. Mm hmm. I think everyone was excited about that. Yeah. Um, because another thing that him and Hayden Christensen talked about when they were doing like press for this, this series, mm-hmm. um, I've seen some clips where I can't, I think it was Ewan McGregor who said this, where he, he was like, you know, when the, the prequels came out, like there was a lot of hate and he's like, it's nice that like a decade later that like, like the kids who really enjoyed it, like grew up. Mm-hmm. And like they're really excited about like this show, and he's mm-hmm. like, he's like, I'm glad that like, like that like, I th- I think they both kind of like were like, 
kind of a little surprised that the, like there's so much love for the prequels. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like nice to see that. And I'm like, I'm glad. Like I'm glad that they like get to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, cause I mean, I think the prequels are good movies. I mean, you can argue about Jar Jar all day, <laughs> but like they were good. And Revenge of the Sith, I think, is a great movie. Yeah, you know, sure it's not perfect, but it's like it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you got to say that thing about the nightmares. <laughs> Let me see if I can find that article again because that was super funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's like this article that I, I found about like Easter eggs in the first episode. <laughs> one of the one of the like sections is called Obi Wan Kenobi's flashbacks explained in the first sentences. <laughs> Like Star Wars fans during the 2000s, Obi-Wan Kenobi is having nightmares about the prequel trilogy. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Um, This is a little bit random, but this is something that I did want to mention. So there's the the part where... uh, What's the Jawa's name? Tika? Tika. Is in Obi-Wan's little cave. Mm-hmm. And then Obi-Wan buys like a toy. Yeah, what is that, that toy? Ship. It's a T-16 Skyhopper. And Luke is actually seen playing with one of those in A New Hope. Oh, shit. Yeah. There's like a part where I, th- I think, I want to say it's when they bring like the droids back to oh yeah and like c-3po is getting an oil bath yeah and Luke's just yeah like, yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's this it's the same like okay model that luke plays with yeah so i think it's like a nod to that mm-hmm. um which is so cute oh yeah to think that this like random thing that luke is playing with in, in a new hope was actually given to him unknowingly by Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And they definitely, like Owen Lars definitely has the same attitude that he has in A New Hope of, like he knows that Obi-Wan's not just a crazy old man, mm-hmm. but he's very adamant about discouraging Obi-Wan and later Luke mm-hmm. from like pursuing either life as a Jedi or just, even just getting off the farm right? because he saw what happened to Anakin mm-hmm. and, and while I don't believe that his, his like dislike of Obi-Wan is warranted or like, you know, the fact that he blames Obi-Wan for Anakin's fall. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't agree with that. I understand his motivations as a character and I understand why he wants to, keep Luke away from that life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not only so, you know, Luke is safe, but also so Luke doesn't become another Vader. Right. Um, although they don't know about Vader yet, but just, he doesn't want that. Yeah. 
Um, do you want to go to Alderaan? Okay. Alderaan. It makes so much sense mm-hmm. that Leia is like a troublemaker. Which I'm glad, which also, speaking of Leia and Alderaan, like I'm glad they didn't really show any of that in the trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think I only watched the teaser trailer, so maybe they showed it in the normal trailer. But I'm glad that it's not just Luke, but it's also Leia. Right. And I mean, because it, you know, we haven't seen Luke growing up besides like Obi-Wan, like looking at him through binoculars. Mm-hmm. But it did, it'd definitely be nice to see like Luke as a kid. And then like, cause I mean, cause they've showed Leia as a kid and she's super rambunctious, mm-hmm. which I know that they don't show much of Luke, but I, I thought of this while I was watching it. Just like what they show of Luke, mm-hmm. coupled with the fact that like Leia is like this troublemaker, they show like these two sides of Anakin when he was a kid. Yeah. In them also. You know, so like Anakin really wanted to be like a pilot, like even yeah. as a kid. So they show that with Luke. Yeah. Um, but he also was like very strong willed and like, like kind of like wanted to do his own thing. And we see that in Leia. Yeah. Um, because what you see of Leia in the original trilogy is like, she's very like diplomatic, Mm -hmm. you know, she follows the rules until, you know, Han kind of breaks her a little bit, Mm. but Yeah, I, I, I think I think it was like and maybe I'm like looking too far into it, but I feel like what they show of like Luke and Leia growing up is very it like mirrors Anakin mm-hmm. as a kid too. Yeah, and it's definitely it definitely gives more depth to those characters, to Luke and Leia. Mm-hmm. Um because you're right, in the original trilogy all we see of Leia is this professional diplomatic kind of person mm-hmm. who like she's like it's clear that she's not like afraid of getting her hands dirty or like doing what needs to be done mm-hmm. but yeah when we see her we see her at a point where she's already like she has that that sense of like wanting to go out and adventure and that like like that way more like reined in. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely nice that they're giving even more depth. Yeah. Yeah. To Luke and Leia. Also, um, when Leia kind of like runs off into the forest, she is like looking at the sky and like looking at the ships that are mm-hmm. leaving, which is also very like, um, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like it mirrors like Anakin's like desire to like get off Tatooine, you know, like again, like be a pilot, stuff to like that. To explore. Yeah. To see what's out there. Yeah. And then she mentions Achillean Rangers and Mercen Pirates. Because she, she imagines like one of the ships is like flown by like Achillean Rangers looking for a Mercen pi- Pirate. I totally missed the part. Oh, okay. Um, but... 
apparently the Mersin pirates were like backed by like Count Dooku. Okay. And they were like encouraged to, um, I think mess with, uh, like supply lines Mm -hmm. for, um, I guess they weren't like the rebels yet or whatever, but the, um, the Achillean Rangers like hunted the Mersin pirates. Okay. So. That's cool. Yeah. I will say that when Obi-Wan wakes up f- from the nightmares in the middle of the night, he calls out for Qui-Gon uh-huh, and uh-huh. gets no response. I thought that might have been because he's still learning how to commune with Qui-Gon. But I think you said something different in your notes. I think it's because he has he has broken and he's kind of like lost his faith in the Force or the Jedi or whatever. And he's not... Not that Qui-Gon has forsaken him exactly, but just that he's... Like, there's something he has to fix within himself to be able to, like, commune. Because I also don't know if he he has talked with Qui-Gon. Yeah. Um, which, if fucking Liam Neeson shows up in this show. Oh, my God. Holy shit. <laughs> that's going to be amazing. No, I was like, I was like, oh, my God. Is Liam Neeson <laughs> going to, like, show up right now? Um, yeah, because he was on a, a podcast or a show. I saw a clip. And he was asked if he would ever return as Qui-Gon. And he said, like, yeah, like he would. He was like, but it'd have to be like a movie because he's like, he said he was like a bit of like a snob in that regard. Um, he, you know, he was lighthearted about it. He wasn't like a jackass. Mm. Um, but he's like, yeah, I prefer doing movies over TV. So it'd have to be, I think, a movie. Mm. Um, although maybe he's just downplaying it. I don't know. Maybe. But maybe. Yeah. So I assume what I would love to happen is that. Obi-Wan kind of gets his faith back. Not only in like, not necessarily the Jedi, but just in the force in general. Um, and he real and he kind of accepts like what happened. He doesn't blame, like he learns to like forgive himself. And then once that happens, then it's like, then he can commune with Qui-Gon. Mm. I would love to see that happen. Yeah, and then Liam Neeson shows up and then just like, because the the recap ends with Yoda telling Obi Wan right. how he, like to, like he, that he's going to teach him to talk with Qui Gon. Right. So, and they, they can be like a whole episode about this, but because like the, there is a this is covered a little bit in the Clone Wars, but like Obi Wan fading into the Force when Vader like strikes him down or like Yoda fading into the force or like Luke fading into the force. Like that is a learned technique mm-hmm. that doesn't just happen. Mm. Um, and that's why they can come back as force ghosts. Although except Anakin, that crown of just, he just can do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just a, cause Yoda learns about it from, I believe from Qui-Gon. And then Yoda teaches Obi-Wan, and then Obi-Wan teaches Luke. 
Mm. Uh, just a kind of way to integrate oneself into the force and like be a force ghost. Mm. Um, although eventually your force ghost is integrated into the force even more and you can't come back. But, um, but yeah, so yeah, but the episode ends with Leia's kidnapped. Organa seeks Obi-Wan's help. And then Obi-Wan takes up his lightsaber and decides to go help save me, her. Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Yeah. There was a point, I forget, where I think Organa like, had called him up on his little, I guess, Jedi um, thing. Webcam. <laughs> Jedi webcam. And I was like, I was like waiting for them to say, you're my only hope. Yeah, yeah. Which would have been way too on the nose. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't I'm do that. I'm glad they didn't do that either. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm super excited. I can't believe we couldn't. I wish we had like watched them last I night. I know. I wish we had known that they were going to come out a few hours earlier. Then we would have yeah. like. Watched them last night and then done part one and part two. Because I mean, like I said, most of this is set up. But. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. And this could, this could be better than Mandalorian for me. Mm. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, yeah, we will see. After after part two, we only have like what four more episodes? Yeah, there's only like six. So yeah, and they're four so. weeks. But I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Especially an Obi Wan Invader like fight. Holy crap! I'm just yeah. I'm so curious to see how they're gonna implement Hayden Christensen into show because they really like talked it up so he oh, yeah. can't be any sort of like minor role right i mean i don't think they would i mean like they like said kathleen kennedy teased a fight between vader and obi-wan yeah so and i mean i would hope she wouldn't tease that and then not put it right, in the show right right just like maybe we'll see it and then like nap <laughs> put it in so like those losers. Yeah. Believed me. <laughs> Not that Kathleen Kennedy's some evil person, but <laughs> that would be fucking mean. As yeah, shit. that would be mean. Um, crap, I'm excited. Me too. I can't wait to so, watch the second part. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts or like hopes that you want to see or directions you think it's going to go? Because, I mean, this show might just be, the whole thing might just be Obi-Wan trying to rescue Leia. Which would be, like, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the case, doing, like, a almost, like, Mandalorian type of dynamic mm-hmm. with, like, hardened, like, Jedi dude and then like rambunctious child you know yeah that's like the I, I'm pretty sure like that's the dynamic that it's gonna be between them two mm. but yeah I don't know I, I, I I'm just like I'm excited to see where it goes also knowing that like Obi-Wan ends up back on Tatooine and just wondering kind of like how is he going to be when he comes back mm-hmm. because from from all like for all we know after he does this he doesn't really do 
he just like comes back to Tatooine and then nine years later, that's when Luke kind of finds him. So yeah. unless I don't know, maybe he goes on a bunch of adventures. Maybe because I mean, a new hope Luke doesn't really know a whole lot about him. Yeah. He just, he's an old man that he kind of knows about. Um, that old wizard. <laughs> Crazy old man. Yeah. Hermit. <laughs> Stay away from him. Pervert. I'm not going to keep that. That's not what Uncle Owen says about him. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I mean, maybe he's like, I don't know, sparing Luke. <laughs> I mean, that's what Family Guy did. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am, not to say this for the 10th time, but to say it for the 10th time, I am so excited. Are you excited? I'm. I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have guessed either. Yeah. But. Wait, you're excited? Holy shit, me too. Oh, you're excited? Oh my God. I had no idea. Yeah. This is crazy. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not I. <laughs> so yeah, I am so excited to see where they go with this. And I mean, the fact that Hayden Christensen is in it and if Liam Neeson makes an appearance. I hope so. I really hope Ooh. so. I mean, they mentioned Qui-Gon so like many times. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I can't wait for part two. Yeah. So. Anything else? I think that's it for me. I think whatever else kind of comes up, um, we can probably talk about in the next. Next part, Sunday? Yeah, yeah. part two. Okay. Anyways, this has been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. We, it wasn't nearly as long as it usually is. Yeah, and, and it's funny because we totally did not go in the order of the episode. We were just kind of like. Spray and pray. Yeah. Talking about it. Yeah. Spoilers. Anyways, on that note, my name is Michael McCrary. And I'm Michaela Leonores. And this has been the Search Your Feelings Podcast. Bye. Bye. <laughs>